History as I know it. Introduction. I consider myself to be a well-read person. I read, I listen to lectures. I took many classes in history. But the truth of the matter is I rely on my notes. I rely on the internet. I rely on the books that I collected for information. I know that I could always go back to them whenever I want. If there's an information missing, I can always get the information whenever I want, at the moment I want it. Yesterday, I finished reading George Washington entrepreneur and I noticed that I would not take notes because I know that if I want to get any information from the book I would Google I'll go to Google Books and search for it I'll find the book title the author's name the publisher the table content the sources of the book and the thing that I wanted to copy which was the reading list of George Washington. I feel that my reliance has reached a point which is destructive for me. I feel like I don't remember any facts. I don't remember anything at all. I know how to get to them, but I don't remember them. So what I did is I'm going to fast for the next nine days. As everyone is trying to fast in the nine days from food, I am fasting from information. And what I'm going to do is give back. Give back what I know. In this series, I will talk about history or nation's history and I will begin with New Zealand and from there I will chart the world until I get to the regions that I am most familiar with which are the United States and the Middle East I'm hoping not to reach these two regions before the nine days I hope that I know enough about the world that I could speak about them for the next nine days I realize when I started thinking about New Zealand that I do not know a lot about the country my objective is to create a 20 minute to 30 minute podcast And my objective is to speak what I know. And hopefully I able to tell you something about history and places and people. I will begin with New Zealand. 
New Zealand is a Western country. So what is a Western country? Western countries are countries that are liberal, that are over, uh, the super rich, and that are what majority white. So countries that are also in the west of Berlin can Poland be a western country can Austria be a western country I'm not really sure but I know that uh, countries west of Berlin are western countries and Eastern countries are considered Eastern European countries. So, others could say that anything west of Turkey is Western because of the Turks' uh, Ottoman Empire's uh, influence, is considered the end of the East because they're from Mongolia. Uh, so New Zealand is located in the south close to the equator uh, the closest country to it is Australia which is considered to be a continent uh I don't know I do not know if the the Akapalis of Indonesia is part of Australian continent or is part of Asia or is it not defined but Australia they consider it to be a continent so New Zealand is a country of 5 million population majority British descents or white could be anything they usually lump everybody together but mostly uh, former U U uh, United Kingdom it is also one of the commonwealth nations a commonwealth nation is a nation that was under uh, the protector of United Kingdom. At one point, there were colonies that received their independence gradually, not fully, even till today. They're independent in terms of jurisdiction from United Kingdom but they still have Queen Elizabeth as their monarch same thing goes with Australia and Canada so they're still they still had at one point maybe they changed the currency Queen Elizabeth's face.
And there are so many Commonwealth countries, but most of them are so small that uh, I don't think I know many of them. New Zealand, like many places in the world that were pre-colonial, had a majority population that were not white. Uh, the interesting part of Malaysia, of Indonesia, of not Indonesia, sorry, New Zealand is that the population that was the, considered the indigenous were actually not the indigenous population. There are, they were actually warriors that basically took over the island and they're from the Polynesians. Which are people, uh, oceanic people that live in the Pacific. Polynesians could be seen from New Zealand and all the scattered islands like Guam, America Samoa, uh, Micronesian Islands, Fiji, and all the way to the state of Hawaii in the United States American okay so the the people that we said took over New Zealand before the British were Polynesians and the Polynesians were a warrior class that fought and for some reason they were not extinct or pushed to the margins maybe they are pushed to the margin but to not to the extent that uh, indigenous populations in Canada in the United States and Australia where they're pushed to extreme margins that they barely exist in people's imagination so they're called the moral moral people I think and What's interesting is they have a lot of tribal tattoos. Uh, the old school guys they used to tattoo their face. Some do, but mostly they can't because they're, they're living under the Judo-Christian nation. And it's basically uh, Fontaban. Nobody likes that. So, but they still do it. And the second thing I know about them is their traditional dance, in which they have a warrior dance before. I'm not really sure why, but but they do it before an event. Now they do it before an event. Example. Last year, when the funeral for the Muslim that were massacred by the lone gunmen that came in, in blazing and killing over 50 people, in the funeral, they did the dance. Also, the main actor from uh, uh, Aquaman and his... Uh, when he, he showed the movie in Hawaii 
him and his children did the dance. The dance uses the native language and it sounds like like a call for, to a rally call. And the thing that they do with their faces is extreme expressions of uh, of anger or uh, to scare the enemy you could say and also when I noticed when they did it in uh, in the funeral they did it was like high schoolers I think and it wasn't just the indigenous population that did it it was also the the, the white population also the first time I got introduced to New Zealand was when I found out about Lord of the Ring and I was watching the making of Lord of the Ring so Lord of the Ring was shot in New Zealand because the director is from New Zealand but I don't think that's the main reason maybe he was able to convince them because of the terrain the, the, the terrains that were used in the film were great for the story they had rocky mountains great plains forests and basically I think they did most of the shooting in New Zealand because it's a small place but has a huge diversity there are it's as I said it's an island but it's not it's, it's two islands main islands the population is f over, about 5 million and the capital is called Auckland, I think. It was discovered or charted by, added to the New World's map by James Cook. I'm not really sure why it took 200 years more for the Brit for the uh, Europeans to take it over because the Portuguese and Spanish and the Dutch were basically traveling the same route, I think. I'm not really sure. But they were basically circumventing the world. But for some reason, it took until the 17th, uh, early 18th century for James Cook to uh, basically take over. And it's been part of uh, the British colonies since then. So the Palu legions, as I said, they stretch from they stretch throughout the Pacific Ocean, and their oldest momentum exists in Eastern Island which is the, the heads, the big heads, which are actually like more like a bobblehead in, in, in proportions, in, in terms that there's a big statue of a head and a body that's underground, that's covered, basically. Uh, 
I'm not really sure where Easter Island is. I think it's in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere up the Pacific. Uh, I don't know a lot about the Fiji Islands or other than Fiji water. I know the there the Mercury Legion and other uh, Pilot Legion Islands. I don't know enough about them. I know that they have a special connection to both Australia and the United States. Australia uses one of these uh, nations to store their refugees so that they could take, they don't have to enter them in, into the United States. So America, you could say, learned how to store refugees in a different country from Australia, which is a pioneer. They put them in an island far away that, and they tell them to wait until their paperwork is processed, which could take whatever time is feasible. America has a special connection to the these islands. When I was doing search, uh, as an American citizen, you could go and stay in one of these islands for 180 days. Uh, straight, so it's one of the few places an American could stay for 180 days without renewing their visa or exiting the country. It depends on the country's uh, regulation. So, America has a special connection to them because of of the 1898 American expansion. Before that, America had expanded and uh, they started expanding the Pacific as soon as they reached it. it they finished the continent uh, in the 1850s. They, the continent was not enough for them. It seemed that Americans had unlimited population and expansion was the only way uh, they really wanted to expand to uh, the Caribbeans and uh, Nicaragua and all these states but the problem is these regions had huge populations they were lucky to find Hawaii where they started migrating there, the way, same way they migrated to Texas, and uh, not long, they became the majority of the population. The Hawaii was a kingdom in the 19th century, but because of their existence as a kingdom, that's not a. Uh, uh, you could say a judo Christian nation they they ceased to exist and it became an American colony or American calls it what do they call them territories I'm sorry they call them territories so yeah so it became a territory in the 1890s something and Hawaii had the I said the said uh, Pilot Legion 
population that are warrior class also. Right now the only thing we know about them is that they do the their summer dance. Basically their their uh, dance where they welcome visitors. I'm not really sure what else they do. Uh, I'm not really sure what how New Zealand is rich, how they have such a high GPA, but maybe because of the values they have as whites, their GPA goes up. GPA is a GPA, gross domestic GP product, GDP, GDP, sorry, GDP goes up. So America, yeah, Hawaii is one of the most expensive American states to live in. Uh, it's broken down, I think, to like seven major uh, uh, states. There, it's an Acapulco, which is a cluster of islands. The main island is Halu, Hulanuni. I don't know how to say it. And as an American, the first time that we actually talk about Hawaii is when America uh, was attacked in Pearl Harbor thanks to uh, the brilliance of President Roosevelt in World War II. Uh, Japan had attacked Guam. Uh, the, uh, the, the America's territory, the Philippines, Man, uh, the capital Manal, and it also attacked uh, Hawaii, and it attacked the the port called the the base called Pearl Harbor. So he, in his dress to the nation after the attack, he was smart to only mention Pearl Harbor. He didn't say Hawaii, he didn't say Philippines, he didn't say Guam, because basically Americans don't care about these people or their existence, but when they said an American base, Pearl Harbor, it, it sounds separate. So they never say Hawaii, they always say Pearl Harbor. And in recent memory, because people think of Hawaii as an estate, they assumed when uh, Pearl Harbor was attacked, they, they attacked an American state, which is still not true. It was an American territory at that time. Also at that time, Alaska was still an American territory. And Hawaii is famous for Barack Obama. And, yeah, I don't know how they make money, but they have Barack Obama as their most famous son. Alaska was a territory that was purchased from Russia. Russia expanded basically all the way to, until they made it to to the borders of Canada. I don't know why Russia sold their territory. 
but maybe it was useless at the time. But the terror tape became valuable for America because it's natural resources. We have a, a lot of natural gas, petroleum, and other natural uh, resources that we derive from Alaska. Alaska had still has uh, and the uh, native population they're not they are integrated somewhat because of their lifestyle they like to live in the cold because Alaska is very cold I don't know a lot about the native population or what's going on in Alaska I know that Americans consider it to be the last frontier where people who want to live a nomadic lifestyle well it's not really nomadic it's like a white nomadic lifestyle because white people for some reason when they're living in these isolated places without I don't know how they make an income because they're able to buy uh, up-to-date uh, hunting gear uh, up-to-date uh, hunting uh, 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 uniforms, clothes they have a lot of tools that it seems that it's impossible for somebody that is hunting most of the time to acquire and for some reason they are able to afford uh, helicopters and motorcycles and if they need a car they'll have a car it's also the same thing with New Zealand that I found interesting they were talking about these uh, off the grid uh, families that live basically on the other side of society in New Zealand and they're cut off, but for some reason they they have boats, uh, RV uh, cars, modern equipment, and it seems that they're able to afford it uh, by catching fish to eat. I don't know. I don't understand how they are able to afford their off grid lifestyle while not generating uh, money so as I said the same people that natives are in uh, Alaska you could say they also live uh, cr uh, scattered throughout the northern territories of Canada Canada has I think three northern territories that are basically same thing as Alaska huge and empty uh, I know that in World War II because a fear of invasion to America from uh, Alaska the United States built a road that connects Alaska through Canada to the U.S. mainland and it's a, a highway still exists today because of that project it was a 
Looks like the Army Corps of Engineers that did it. So, in the Northern Territories, I said they have the same native populations. They are famous for the igloo uh, housing structures. They're also famous for looking more Mongolian than uh, indigenous, uh, I mean the ones that are in the north. Some of them uh, look like uh, Native Americans, but most of them look more like in, uh, Mongolians. Uh, maybe they did, they crossed the same way that Russia crossed, I don't know. And the same thing, Russia has the same connection as America in its northern, the eastern northern territories. It's very close to Alaska. And the region, most famous state is Siberia, I think. Because Siberia is the place that Stalin used to uh, used to banish populations. I'm not really sure what they do in in uh, Siberia and how big it is and where is it exactly. But I'll say it is in the eastern northern region where it is hard for people to live. Also, in the north the region there is. The three uh, 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 Norwich, Norwich, Nordic, Nordic, Norwegian countries, not Norway, but Norwegian, which are basically descendants of Vikings, Vikings, Vikings. And the three countries are Finland, Sweden, and Norway. So they are also they are they are the most northern countries of the white population. They are considered to be the most purest in terms of ideology, beauty. Uh, body uh, mass because they're huge, tall and they have the characteristics that Hitler considers to be the ideal master of the race they're able to always they used to always beat up uh, Western Europeans so they're always feared by the Western Europeans and they're very famous for being heavy in taxes, heavy in subsidies of their populations. One could say is because there are not a lot of Norwegians, no work. I don't know how do you say it. I cluster them together. So there's not a lot of population. So they're able to like provide a lot of services with their high taxes it's not uh, very 
the last thing they invented was Nokia, so they're not really, say, innovative. I mean, maybe it's because innovation has to be in America. I don't know what they do in there, man, but they're making enough. I know that Norway has a lot of natural resources, and they're rich because of it. The other two countries, I'm not really sure, but I know that they have the best primary education in the world. Or maybe it's because of their uh, highly subsidized education system. There is always saying that Finland pays their teachers very high, and teachers are considered in the same merit as doctors and engineers. I'm not really sure if that's true, because they're definitely not doctors and engineers in the United States. Uh, they are highly competitive. It's a highly competitive field, so not a lot of people are able to become teachers. Only the top 10% of the population. It seems that the major corporations are fighting for the top 10% of the population for the past. Every company is trying to get this top 10% tile of uh, smartness to their field. And for some reason, Finland is able to get a lot of this uh, minority of the population into education. Uh, Finland, I have no clue. I know that they were able to withstand the Russian invasion. Sweden is well known because they did not do uh, herd immunity. They, they went for herd immunity and did not close down their country during the COVID crisis. Norway is famous for being super rich, super expensive. Like they have the Prinkles cost like four dollars for five seven dollars. I don't know how much, but it's very expensive. The Prinkles. I know everything there is expensive. You can't really do much with uh, ten dollars. It's two in USA dollars. <laughs> Thank you for listening. The first episode was all over the place. Second episode is going to be more all over the place. We're going to still talk about a little bit about the Norwegian countries. Then we're going to move on and we'll see what happens. Thank you for listening. <laughs>